have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the home pitch for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us. We're already here. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it, then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning, warning. We gotta stop them. They're gonna kill us all. See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings. Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, by all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to The True World with Matthew Deagle. This is your host, Matthew Deagle. I'm here to discuss world events in terms of present and past connections between the collective and the individual. So basically how culture and religion and uh, psychological orientation, things like sexuality, love, all contribute to our current state of affairs on Earth. Mainly psychological disorders and psychological contagions like copycat type behavior uh, and the symbolic connection between everything because actually when you observe like I do the the news and the events every day in terms of their orderly connection to each other you find there actually is an intelligence and control of everything and it kind of works with whatever we give it whatever inputs we produce with our uh, thoughts and our behaviors Uh, so our thoughts basically control our destiny that's the real key here. And our thoughts are often illogical and not exactly ideal. As you can see when you look at world events, like for example, yesterday here uh, in Sinai, there was a giant terror attack at a mosque by ISIS or by some kind of extremist Sunnis. These uh, Islamic terrorists or Islamists 
uh, attacked a Sufi mosque because they consider Sufis to be heretics, even though it's kind of the other way around. I mean, Sufis have some silly practices like all these sects and religions do, but uh, Sufism is generally more mystical and more open-minded and uh, symbolic in its thinking, whereas these Sunni-type people are fanatics comparable to the ancient Jews like the Bar Kokhba revolt, which I've discussed on my previous programs. It's interesting to see how the same sort of thing is emerging now worldwide among these Islamists as emerged in Judea in about 130 AD with Bar Kokhba, uh, Shimon Bar Kokhba, who was a Jewish terrorist who led a revolt against the Roman Empire in which several uh, hundred thousand or million people were killed in terror attacks and wars, starvation, etc. Uh, the exact numbers aren't known, but at least several hundred thousand people died during this Bar Kokhba revolt. Very similar thinking, very similar kind of combination of criminal activity and unscrupulous behavior and religious fanaticism to what's going on now with ISIS, uh, which I see as kind of a modern incarnation of Shimon Bar Kokhba, which incidentally is also the origin of what we call the Jews now, is actually originally the Bar Kokhba sect who were banished from Judea by Emperor Hadrian in, 19, in eight, uh, 135 AD. And uh, when we look at this attack, though, I mean, uh, well, something about these attacks is they often have symbolic factors to them, not just literal, because everything is controlled by the collective consciousness and the collective subconscious. So uh, this has happened several times with the ISIS attacks, for example, such as the attack in Paris at Bataclan. Uh, that attack was during a performance by a band called Eagles of Death Metal, which had a uh, lead singer named Jesse, and uh, a collaborator with the band is uh, the uh, is uh, what Josh Homme from Queens of the Stone Age, who is called Ginger Elvis. So that's Ginger Elvis and Jesse, his twin brother. If you know the story, uh, Elvis Presley, when he was born, he had a twin brother named Jesse who was stillborn and died at birth which is a very symbolic thing. I won't get into all of that necessarily right now because I don't know if I have time, but I recommend that you look at the symbolic connections between events uh, in their, and their literal uh, motives because often the actual motives behind these events are purely symbolic or at least largely symbolic and irrational and not based on something like you'd think, like some strategic aim. Uh, everything is controlled by a collective negative power which we create with our thoughts, which is where this sort of thing comes from. Essentially what that's about is you have a person who is selected by evolution and is destined to survive, and a person who is deselected from evolution and destined to be destroyed, which is a major problem right now in the world because of the fact that we have such a large population, we can't sustain our population, because we have such degenerate cultural tendencies and false religions and so forth. Uh, the world's kind of going through a purification, uh, as the Hopi Indians call it, the Great Purification. Meaning that the Jesses are being selected out of evolution and essentially going to be destroyed unless we try to mitigate these natural forces. Uh, this attack here on the Sufi mosque, though, I mean, it's basically the same sort of thing. These heretics who consider somebody who's relatively more normal to be a heretic uh, they consider uh, the Sufi uh, using of intercession of saints to be heresy because they believe that each should only go to God directly through prayer. I don't disagree with that, but the thing is that these 
Islamists are committing worse heresies like killing children. I mean, at this attack, for example, they bombed the kindergarten, killed like five-year-old kids while they were at church, basically. I mean, it's uh, uh, who's the worst heretic here? My recommendation with all these guys, right now supposedly the Egyptian government is cracking down on them, is just to kill them all. I think that these ISIS guys, these organized criminals and terrorists, regardless of what kind they are or what religion, any organized criminal group uh, is essentially an enemy militia, an enemy military that should be not attacked by uh, police. Not usually they shouldn't be uh, brought to charges. They should just be killed because they're essentially an enemy military force that's operating in a kind of guerrilla warfare style, or just committing crimes as an organization, and therefore an ulterior government to our own. So my philosophy with all these organized criminals is that we should just, uh, it should be a military matter and not a police matter, and that the military should kill them. Uh, that, that should be their goal until the organization uh, surrenders. Uh, what, that's what I hope the Egyptians do here, is just kill any ISIS that they can find in their country before they can commit any attacks. But uh, uh, they've also been attacking random Bedouins because the Bedouins are uh, participating in a militia that fights the Islamic State. Uh, working for the government. They've killed several police officers in Egypt as well. All this stuff, it's its just a representation of the same sort of chaos that preceded uh, previous collapses of civilization. Like I've said before, the late Bronze Age collapse was characterized by similar behavior, criminals, mass immigrations, religious fanatics, uh, and whatever, uh, marauding and brigandry. And that's what's going on right now. Our civilization is about to collapse because we've abandoned the fundament of our civilization, which is true love and marriage and uh, family and culture and peoples. We, we believe in other things now like uh, multiculturalism and all sorts of sexual promiscuity. Uh, this is not just some like personal choice. We think of everything in terms of freedom now, but the actual fact is that the basis of our civilization is eroded away. Then, of course, the civilization starts to collapse. And when that happens, you see higher rates of criminal activity and terrorism. And, of course, they also are inviting in what uh, are pretty much an enemy military in the name of whatever they say it is, uh, tolerance, uh, diversity, uh, economic growth. But the actual motive, I think, at least on their side, is organized crime is at least a big motive because the mafia and other criminals are involved directly in the refugee importation and are also uh, recruiting drug dealers and prostitutes from among these refugees. So that's uh, what's really going on here is we have two big problems in our society in terms of, you know, actual material foes, which are organized crime and terrorists who are both essentially different forms of organized crime. And we aren't dealing with them hardly enough. We have to treat them uh, as enemy combatants and we have to actually have the goal of killing as many of them as we can and not the goal of bringing them to trial or charging them with something because we often do that what happens is they can't be charged with anything because they haven't committed a crime yet except for of course belonging to an enemy military they should be treated like soldiers in an enemy military at which point we would be able to eliminate them all without having to worry about them coming back uh, from battle or committing terror attacks at some later date, uh, etc. 
So I do think that the solution with these criminals of all kinds, whether it's gangsters in Los Angeles, Hispanic gangsters, black gangsters, the Irish mob, the Jewish mafia, Russian mafia, who are also Jews, uh, and even states that are criminal infested like Afghanistan and Israel, I just think that the solution is to treat them as enemy combatants and fight them as if you're at war with the actual goal of just killing as many as you can until they finally surrender as an organization. Uh, that would end ISIS, I think, if, if ISIS were just killed off. But ISIS is not going to be ended otherwise because ISIS is spreading as a psychological cancer uh, based on suicide. So uh, the psychological motive for ISIS members is that they're suicidal, they're sadistic. A lot of them are homosexuals and stuff like that as well in association with this uh, cancer of suicide. But the main thing is they're suicidal. What they often do in their attacks, and in fact ISIS... Uh, is disappointed when somebody doesn't die in an attack. They believe that a person should die in the attack so that there's no witnesses to whatever whatever uh, network they have, so there's no interrogation. And I assume also just because they believe in dying in battle. It's like Valhalla or something. They actually think that they're going to go to paradise by committing suicide. Uh, so it, overall, it is a suicidal, suicidal uh, cultural contagion. But you can't just stop that by treating suicidal people or something because these people are, su are too far gone. They're already at the point of murder-suicide. Uh, and they have an organization that does it, ISIS. Uh, now, the organization is kind of loose because it's more psychological and cultural than it is even an official military. They just kind of inspire attacks with their propaganda. Uh, so it's a real question of how you can get rid of them other than just whenever you find people who even swear allegiance to ISIS, then that's an automatic declaration of war against uh, our countries, in which case they should be uh, shot. And I think that's the same thing with any organized criminals, really. Uh, it doesn't matter what nationality or religion, because they are a big part of this, too. Their corruption is the reason why there's so many refugees coming into Europe is because these Israeli criminals and Italian criminals and Irish criminals and so forth are inviting them in in order to have people to deal drugs for them. So they have a surplus of drugs now because of Afghanistan. Afghanistan's producing 90% of the world's heroin, no kidding, and uh, they want to sell it to somebody, so they want to have more drug dealers. Uh, this kind of shit, is, this kind of stuff is going on because we allow we tolerate organized crime we don't stop it we let organized criminals collaborate with our military in afghanistan we let them infiltrate our politics but i think belonging to an organized criminal group belonging to a gang period should be a death sentence that a person who belongs to a gang i'm not saying the death penalty i don't believe in the death penalty as in somebody's arrested and their punishment is death it's not a punishment it's just preventive i think they should be treated as enemy combatants and that we should it should not be police trying to pretend to be like the FBI trying to pretend to be terrorists and stage fake terror attacks and give them fake bombs and stuff like that. I think they should be uh, that it should be the military going into wherever ISIS cells are, wherever ISIS ally allies are, period, anywhere, and just shoot them. Which means like Omar Mateen, for example, he was known to be an ISIS sympathizer and they just let him go. Uh, same thing with this Anis Amri over in uh, Germany, and he was never, uh, and then he was able to commit an attack. So it's uh, totally incompetent what's going on now. Nobody wants to, I, I don't think people want to use the real solution because the solution is to be uh, pretty severe with these guys. But it's, it's not just terrorism. 
It's also the organized crime, which collaborates with the terrorists, which unscrupulously does anything it can to make money. Uh, it's trying to turn, it's trying to create essentially uh, a Palestinian type of situation in Europe with these refugees, which is what they already did in Israel. They, they turned the West Bank and Gaza, especially Gaza, into a criminal hellhole so that they could uh, hire drug dealers and prostitutes and stuff like that. And that was the Jewish mob, of course, there. And it's the, Jew, the Jewish mob are heavily involved in Israel and, and Judaism everywhere. For some reason, people don't pay attention to that, but they are full of criminals over there in Israel. And uh, we just keep letting it happen. But at the same time, what I see happening with the collective consciousness or the creation is there is an immune reaction going on to all this stuff, all these degenerations, all this bad culture, materialism, fake religions, uh, lovelessness, and all of these mass migrations, overpopulation, all this stuff is provoking a, an immune reaction. And the collective consciousness, almost like nature, is rebelling against it and essentially plotting to destroy large amounts of the human population uh, unless we stop behaving this way. I see this, in, it produces inspirations for people to do symbolic things that kind of communicate something to us about what the will of God is in, in this regard. And it's not exactly pretty. Like, uh, for some reason, I mean, I don't know why she said this, but Uma Thurman, who played uh, Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill Volume 2, posted an image of herself as that character and said that Harvey Weinstein didn't deserve a bullet, didn't even deserve a bullet. So, I mean, that's a weird thing to say, but it almost suggests like there's some kind of inspiration because of what that character symbolizes. Now, as I've said before, if you want to check out this sort of symbolic connection to things, how popular culture and religion and images and all sorts of irrational connections are very often involved in our behavior, you can check, you can look at uh, Lauren Coleman's copycat effect or copycateffect.com. He also has a book on it. But this is an example right here because, in my opinion, what that symbolizes is the evil eye or the negative side of God, which destroys evil, which destroys degeneration and uh, eliminates things from evolution that are no longer able to progress, evolve, and, and live in true love. So what that is, is you see a woman going around with a katana chopping people up. That's essentially what the evil eye is or the eye of Ra. It's, uh, it's a real phenomenon. Uh, and we see this uh, extremely negative, uh, destructive immune force going after all sorts of things right now. In particular, you'll note that for some reason, this whole Jewish mob activity in Hollywood with its sexual perversion and its prostitution and so forth is being exposed at the same time that the Jewish mob is over there in, uh, in Europe trying to make money on drugs and mass immigration. So I think everything they do that goes against the well-being of the collective is essentially targeting them with the evil eye. And I think what, what this is all building up to is that something that's a lot more evil and destructive than any of these individual criminal groups or fake religions or whatever is emerging that is going to use them uh, against themselves and use them against each other to destroy them, to eliminate them from existence. So for example, Israel is a huge center for a lot of this criminal activity full of mobsters and uh, religious fanatics and 
uh, liars. It's it's a country built on lies and crime, and it's involved in all sorts of uh, war agitation and drug running and stuff all around the world. And for this, I think that God is going to essentially kill them off. And that because of the way they're behaving, they're actually bringing it about themselves by, for example, the, their activity in the West Bank, the settlements, that essentially opens up a big gash in their, in their defense. Whenever ISIS decides to start going nuts in the West Bank, it'll take them not that long to enter Jerusalem and the rest of Israel. Uh, it's not that big a country, so I think it's not going to be that difficult for them that sooner or later here, in like 20 years or less, we're going to see ISIS and Islamic terrorists or something, Islamic fanatics, some Islamic military taking over Israel and just slaughtering them. Probably ISIS because of how crazy ISIS is. And the Israelis are, uh, are bringing it about themselves with the criminal activity. It's the same thing with the Europeans. You know, the Italians uh, are so criminal, they're letting the mafia do all this. And because of that, these, these refugees are also in Italy. And what do you think they're going to do in Italy? They already talk about what they want to do, which is kill the Catholic clergy. And the Catholic clergy, once again, are a source of evil and corruption and falsehood that have been corrupting the entire planet for like a thousand years. And uh, just like the Israelis. So I think though that all these places like Israel, uh, the, the Italian mafia, uh, the Vatican are all going to be destroyed here sooner or later because of the fact that they continue to behave the way they do. And so it puts the evil eye upon them. Now, let me explain what I mean by the evil eye. The idea is that God essentially symbolically has a good eye, which is positive and is love and an evil eye, which is negative and is hatred, or the sun and the moon, and that uh, when you go out of order, when you go outside the laws of nature and creation, when you abandon love, you essentially shut the good eye so that only the evil eye remains open. Otherwise, these two eyes are neutral together and create an overall positive. So you have negative in the form of things like defense and protection and uh, the elimination of criminals and that sort of thing, of course, you're always going to have some negative in any good. It's not going to be all positive. But if you eliminate, if you shut the good eye on yourself by abandoning true love, the result is that the evil eye stays open and inevitably destroys you. So it's a symbolic thing, but it's a reality that actually when a society or an individual abandons true love, the result is that the evil eye opens on or remains open while the other one shuts and uh, el eliminates them, tries to kill them. And that's what I think is going on with the Israelis and the Vatican is that they're actually, because of their lies, because their incessant lying and their falsehood and their criminality and uh, their sexual perversion and hypocrisy and so forth, both of these places are going to be wiped off the face of the earth, uh, both the Vatican and Israel. And, uh, uh, unless, of course, they decide to change uh, and start getting rid of their criminals or whatever, but I highly doubt that's going to happen. So what I think ISIS is, I mean, ISIS itself uh, is just the craziest of all, and yet what it represents is this just kind of raging uh, murder-suicide tendency, like, uh, like an inflammation in human society. Uh, and it comes from our own abandonment of true love, our false ideas of free will and so forth that uh, subvert love. Like you look at 9-11, for example. What the meaning of 9-11 is, is a message from God for us to put love 
over our material intellect or nine over 11, uh, no matter how it happened, I think the way it happened, honestly, is because these people over in uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan have been doing this for a long time now. And I think they're still behind ISIS and the Taliban and all sorts of stuff. And essentially, I mean, the prophecies, you go back to the prophecies and the prophecies essentially seem to suggest that the ultimate evil emerges from that exact region, from like Afghanistan, Pakistan. So I think that's what's going on here is that the people have been playing evil. They've been playing the game of being bad and uh, disobeying uh, society, being antisocial, loveless, uh, greedy, and so forth. But God contains in itself the much greater evil or the capacity to do things like hurl asteroids into the earth or uh, cause natural disasters of all kinds and uh, and even to manipulate people en masse in order to get them to destroy themselves. And this is the greater evil. I mean, there's no Satan, right? The Satan is just a human being that lies. Satan is an imaginary figure that humans create or, or, the, or represents humans. Whereas the actual ultimate evil is just the judgment uh, of God or uh, what happens when you disobey the laws of nature. I mean, as you can see, I don't think that the devil has the power to like hurl asteroids or whatever, but you're going to probably see that here uh, in, a, in a couple of decades, uh, maybe less, like 2036. Uh, and in 2029 or 2036, we're going to see a, some kind of object hit the earth, probably in Eastern Europe. And, the, uh, and this is the sort of thing we see happening all over the place. These events, these terrible events of mass murder and terrorism and random uh, running amok are not just random. They are random in the sense that they're irrational, but the events are connected to each other by symbolism and are driven by these symbolic desires to destroy and to commit suicide, which are from our own collective falsehood and unrighteousness. So, you look at that, uh, okay, for example, I don't know if I mentioned this, but you know, everybody knows that there was a terror attack on September 11th, 2001 in New York but and in Washington, D.C. But uh, what they don't realize maybe is they haven't paid attention is that in 2015, there was a, uh, in Mecca, right, which is the center of Islam all around the world, uh, there were a bunch of pilgrims in Mecca who were crushed by a giant falling crane during a thunderstorm. So this huge crane falls on them on, on September 11th, 2015, kills exactly 111 or 111 pilgrims uh, on the anniversary of September 11th. Uh, so that's pretty strange right there. And then uh, a couple weeks later, there was the largest stampede ever in Medina, leading to the death of like 3,000 people. So these events are not even necessarily involving human activity, but some kind of telekinesis or something, some kind of uh, consciousness power. Uh, very often we see this sort of thing, like you see the symbolic events, like the guy who crashed uh, that plane full of people into a mountain, uh, a German pilot. That whole thing was also symbolically related to things that you wouldn't expect, things that are in uh, popular culture, like the uh, character Bane, in the uh, Batman films, who represents essentially this terroristic 
tendency to kind of like what's going on with ISIS, the ultimate destroyer. Uh, in fact, when that film was released, The Dark Knight Rises, there was actually uh, an attack by a random attack by a crazy guy named James Holmes at a theater in Aurora, Colorado. Now, how this all connects, I don't know if people are able to make the connections, but essentially it's all it all boils down to what's going on here collectively that we are we are currently passing into a new age uh astrologically speaking it's the the age of aquarius which began in 1844 but doesn't go into full effect until 2029 and as we pass into that age it's kind of a dawn or a uh sunrise and everything that's the kind of excrement the excess and degeneration of the past age is going to be wiped out. That's essentially what's going on. So if we don't do it ourselves, the easy and humane way, then creation or God is going to do it for us by just causing wars and destroying things. And I mean things like these religions, like uh, Judaism and Christianity in particular, because they are particularly bad. Uh, the Vatican, I mean, and Israel in particular. Because as, as I've discussed on my last program, I mean, the, in, the, in both of those organizations, Vatican and Israel, there is organized crime. They work directly with the mafia of one kind or other. They uh, have massive sexual perversion, homosexuality, hypocrisy. They're essentially trying to enslave people. And at least the Jews admitted in their own texts and in their own doctrines that they're trying to enslave other human beings and to abuse them. So uh, these two places in particular, I think, are subject to judgment, which means they aren't fit to live. They're a parasite on the rest of humanity and therefore will be destroyed by some means or other. And I think because they got rid of more easy ways of eliminating these evils, uh, they are going to get worse ways because they've, they've uh, essentially suppressed whatever might have gotten rid of things like uh, Judaism and Israel and the Vatican in Europe. Uh, and they have, uh, however, not done anything about the rise of much worse things in Islamic countries that are going to finish the job, uh, as you might say. It's going to be really bad. Uh, that's the way it works. I mean, people think in terms of humane ideas of like we can decide what's right and wrong, but we really can't. I mean, it's just creation that decides what's right and wrong. And if you allow something to continue to exist, which is like a cult or which is a criminal organization like Judaism is, then it's wrong. It's just it shouldn't be allowed. And if you allow it to continue to exist, then the reaction to it from the collective just gets worse. So I think it's a crime that we allow religions like this to exist at all. Uh, honestly, I think they shouldn't be allowed, uh, except for maybe as individual beliefs or traditional practices or something. But uh, same with cults like Scientology, etc. I think those things just shouldn't be allowed. Because if you allow things like that, what happens is uh, creation or God uh, plots their demise. And it's usually a lot worse if creation does it than if we do it. It's usually a lot less humane. Uh, now, I think these Islamists are also pretty bad, but they are essentially committing murder-suicide. So... What can I say? I mean, they're killing themselves at the same time. They're also eliminating the Israelis. So uh, I think what's going to happen is they're going to eventually provoke Russia against them because of all their because they, they won't stop committing terror attacks against Russia. So they're, they're also wiping themselves out. But 
I don't think that uh, Islam in general is going to be wiped out, unlike uh, Judaism and Christianity. I think we'll, in fact, probably be wiped out on this planet because they are both so corrupt and have been around for so long. And they've also uh, <clears throat> abandoned the laws of nature in many respects. I mean, most sects of most sects of Judaism are based on the belief that the Jews are some kind of special people, which is all a lie. The actual chosen people in ancient times were the Egyptians, and the Jews were just one of the many different groups in Egypt. And uh, they also rewrote the Torah, etc. It's, it's all a fake religion. They descend from an extremist sect, Bar Kokhba, in ancient Rome. They don't descend from like the entire ancient Egyptian people, and they are not some kind of special chosen people. Uh, they believe because of the specialness that they have the right to enslave others and, uh, and exploit them and so forth. And that's just a death sentence for themselves. By behaving that way, the collective of humanity goes against them. That's what always happens to people like that. Uh, it's not just, it isn't even just a conscious or political thing either. It's a collective subconscious. Same thing with the Vatican. The Vatican's been at it, enslaving and exploiting people and taking their money and abusing their children, etc., for ages now, which is just a death sentence on themselves. And I think it's the same thing with the bad Muslims like Saudi Arabia, for example. They're all a bunch of homosexuals and greedy oil barons and, you know, just whatever. They're just materialists. So I don't think Saudi Arabia is going to survive either. I think that their behavior means that that God's going to kill them off, uh, probably by famine, because they can't even grow their own food anymore. They have to grow their cattle feed in Arizona now. So I think that it's over for Saudi Arabia here pretty soon as well. I don't know, but Pakistan and Afghanistan, though, for some reason, are like the center of the evil eye on Earth, and they are on their way to uh, destroy Israel, I think. And it, the Israelis and Americans just help them along. But... Uh, this is how I look at it. I mean, people have all these like silly views like, uh, you know, some traditional way of life is somehow more barbaric or that it's backward. But our, our modern way of life is worse. I mean, like I've said before, I think I said on my last program, I think traditional European culture and many like, like German culture, German culture traditionally is a lot better than, say, modern culture. Uh, of course, there are errors in it, then there are, especially because of the influence of the Christian religion, which is full of heresy. But uh, overall, it wasn't even close to as bad as modern society, either in terms of selfishness or greed or lovelessness or really any of the most negative qualities. Uh, similarly, you know, the, you can determine that uh, there's more truth in the traditional Islamic culture than there is in the modern European culture or the modern Western culture. I think it's something people don't want to accept or, or, or face because they just all, all, they, all they do is they judge, say, Muhammad by the behavior of like the worst Sunnis or the worst Shiites in Iran and Saudi Arabia or Afghanistan, that's not really the teachings of Muhammad. I mean, honestly, the, uh, the, 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 the actual facts about Muhammad are pretty much confirming now from our own scientific investigation that he was a real prophet and that his teachings were just falsified by the sects that emerged from him. So that's why I say it's interesting that a, that a Sufi mosque was attacked because <clears throat> pretty much everything that we ascribe to, you know, Islam as being barbaric or whatever or bad is actually not Islam per se. It's Sunnism and Shiism, which are the largest sects of Islam. Uh, Sufism is a, a different form of Sunnism, really, that is not, uh, it doesn't have the same attitudes as the mainstream Sunni cult in Saudi Arabia, for example, the Wahhabist uh, Sunnis. 
And I say they're mainstream, even though they're considered to be extreme, because first of all, Saudi Arabia is not uh, a fanatical country of a bunch of fascists or whatever. It's actually just hypocrisy. It's all just for show. They're actually a bunch of gays and drunks. Secondly, uh, because that's where the whole religion is centered. It's like their Vatican. Uh, Saudi Arabia is where Medina and Mecca are. And it's, uh, it kind of defines the international Sunnism. It thinks that it's in charge of Sunnism, at least. And Saudi Arabia also, of course, has been behind things like Al-Qaeda, housing bin Laden in Pakistan. And many terrorists have come from Saudi Arabia. I think 19 of the hijackers, or 11 of the 19 hijackers in uh, uh, September 11th, right? So the uh, Saudi Arabia is a big corrupt hellhole. It's just like the Vatican or Israel. But it's not the, uh, the general facts about Islam. It's just a modern degeneration. And if you look back at other groups, I mean, honestly, the common factor here with all of them, regardless of what religion they supposedly are, is that they come from traditional cultures of organized crime in every single case. So like the Barbary pirates, for example, in uh, North Africa, they came from the ancient Punic and Berber civilization, if you could call it that, which have been criminals and pirates for ages, even before Islam existed. Same thing with Afghanistan. They're the uh, thief. They're like a thief caste from Persia. Uh, the Pashtuns are essentially a, a, a caste of criminals from Persia, and they still behave like criminals now. Saudi Arabia, I don't know why they're so bad, but I assume it's something similar, because back in the days of Muhammad, uh, they used to say that there were a lot of uh, Jewish tribes, they would call them. But the word Jew, actually, in ancient uh in the classical Arabic, did not just mean Jews or members of the Jewish religion. It was generalized to mean any organized criminals or gangsters. So that means there were a lot of organized criminals in Saudi Arabia at the time as well. And interestingly enough, uh, Muhammad himself was actually descended from a tribe uh, that came from uh, what's now Palestine and Lebanon and not from Saudi Arabia itself. So uh, there's, whereas the Saudis came from eastern Saudi Arabia, which was formerly part of the Sumerian civilization a very long time ago, and a lot of evil stuff has come from Sumeria. So I think that there's a genetic element here, as well as uh, cultural, and that the issue, the issue overall, over the entire planet, is organized crime and heresy, and not religions per se. Although, honestly, you know, if, if Muhammad, like I think Muhammad is a real prophet, and if that's the case, then Christianity and Judaism are all heresy, because they all ignore Muhammad. Uh, so, and, and I mean, Buddha as well, I mean, Buddhism is terrible, and Buddha himself wasn't bad, and the meditation techniques are good, but the Buddhist religion somehow is just the exact same thing as the Vatican and Israel with all this homosexuality and pederasty and uh, sadism and, and false, you know, this idea that they're celibate, hypocrisy. So I don't know uh, about these religions. I think that they're all corrupt. I think that what we know as Islam now is just Sunnism and Shiism, and that Sunnism and Shiism are, are heresy. They're run by uh, Iran and its power-hungry government, and Saudi Arabia and its organized criminal uh, government, or its moth, its mafia. mafia. <clears throat> the, the Saudis are basically a mob uh, or a collection of different mafia families. Their behavior is very similar to the people in Sicily. Just a much, I guess, a larger version of Sicily. Uh, same attitude of just kind of looking the other way uh, when people commit crimes. The laws having virtually no real meaning because they almost never enforce the laws uh, in, a, in a fair way. So uh, I think the issue all over the world is organized crime. 
and a culture of organized crime, and that people are really making a big mistake to think that it is uh, the, the religion of Islam itself or, or the Prophet Muhammad. I mean, I guess it is the religion of Islam because it's all based in Saudi Arabia and Iran now. But uh, it's, not, it's not Muhammad because <clears throat> you look at uh, our, like I was discussing a couple programs ago, this uh, research into sex differences and psychology uh, and averages of human civilizations and societies throughout the world. And most of it agrees with the basics of Muhammad's teaching as opposed to the Christian teaching. Uh, for example, Muhammad teaches, taught polygyny or pol polygamy, and that's the average for human societies. It also makes evolutionary sense, whereas the Catholic Church teaches monogamy and also teaches uh, celibacy, which is completely insane. I mean, not, nothing is, no animal is celibate in nature. This just doesn't even exist. Uh, and of course, it's just a cover for homosexuality, which likewise, exclusive homosexuality does not exist in nature anywhere. There's only uh, bisexuality or effeminacy and androgyny. So I think from that alone, the fact that Christianity is not the teachings of Jesus or Emmanuel, uh, it's just the, uh, it's, it's all based on the Roman Catholic Church. It's just reforms of the Roman Catholic Church. So my point is not that Jesus is bad. But that the Catholic Church defines Christianity, and the Catholic Church is heresy from the very beginning. That it's been teaching lies from the beginning, and that it, it actually uh, engaged in a political program against Muhammad, or against his, his philosophy, uh, the Crusades, right? In which many people were mass murdered, and land was stolen, and uh, all of it just in the name of whatever. They claimed that it was religion, but as I, the Catholic Church throughout history has always pursued piracy over anything else in my view. They, their activities in the New World were mostly oriented to piracy and enslavement and not really religious conversion. But the conversion just serves them because it creates a culture that supports that criminality. Here's what I think. Okay, I think the Catholic Church has irreparably infected Christianity all around the world because all Christian sects now are based on them. The other Christian sects that existed to begin with were exterminated by the Catholic Church. And as a result, all Christian sects around the world have a tendency toward naivety and illogicality and false positivity. They don't, uh, they, they think like, for instance, the, the Pope right now says that he wants to be merciful with these pederastic priests that are having, that are abusing little boys. So he wants to put them in counseling and not defrock them. Uh, that's one, one example. He also kisses the feet of these refugees who are foreign enemies coming from North Africa to commit crimes. I mean, these are, most, these are a lot of them actual gangsters from North Africa, and it's not even religion that motivates them. It's just organized crime. Of course, among them, you have extremist fanatics, but the majority, I think, tend toward being gangsters uh, because that's just what they've been in North Africa for ages now. It's just what the Punic culture is all about is being criminals. And the uh, same as Sicily, right? It's like the Sicily of Africa. And here they come, and here's the Pope kissing their feet and blessing them. Uh, that, to me, represents Christianity overall. Same thing with Germany, with the Lutheran Church. The Lutherans are also, of course, based on the Catholic Church. They tried to reform it and get rid of some of the heresies of the Catholic Church. But right now, they're housing hundreds of refugees in each individual church, in Germany and refusing to allow the police to deport them. So these are refugees who are actually designated for deportation and these Christians are helping them stay there. So in my view, I think Christianity is suicidally naive 
and has false teachings in regard to things like mercy and forgiveness and uh, loving thy enemy and all that sort of stuff. I don't think that's really what it, what Jesus taught. And it's all misinterpreted because the original Christian religion, I think, was actually closely connected with Stoicism, the Stoical philosophy of Greece. And so many of these teachings about apathy and self-control and maintaining neutrality and not being affected by things were misinterpreted by the Catholic Church in order to teach people to be slaves and to be naive and to be childish. Uh, so the real Christianity, I think, is more like Stoicism. And I think that's the same thing really with the real Islam as well. I don't think Muhammad taught suicide or uh, to be a fanatic who's you know screaming your head off and blowing people up and things like that. I think that Muhammad taught like likewise neutrality and self-control just like buddha as well same thing with the meditation same it's the same purpose to maintain neutrality and to be logical and not and stoical in other words stoical philosophy and not to be like these sunnis and shiites or to be like these christians but i think the problem with christianity though is that it's based on the catholic church uh, I think that's the reason why Muhammad appeared at all, because the Catholic Church was all heresy and was exterminating all the real sects of Christianity. Uh, and so then Muhammad had to appear in order to prevent the, the Catholic Church from taking over and converting all of the Middle East. That's really what I think the purpose was. Because it was damage control, because the Catholic Church and the Jews both engage, even work together, in order to spread criminality, corruption, and degenerate culture. Uh, from which our current modern culture is also descended, our ideas of tolerance and love in a false sense, false love, mercy, charity, forgiveness, out of control, right? It's not logical positive. It's not just being a good person. It's being naive and actually thereby helping evil. It's actually helping uh, these refugees. I mean, it's ironic, but the Catholic Church and the Lutheran Church are helping Islamic, Islamist terrorists come into Europe to kill Christians uh, which just shows to me that the religion is diseased, that it's not natural and it's not logical anymore, uh, or if it ever was. And, and the same thing with the philosophies that came out of Christianity, like this modern social social justice movement and things like Jim Jones. It's the exact same mentality of just delusional positivity combined with an almost suicidal tendency. You don't find that in Islam, for example, uh, not in general, right? Even in the worst sects of Islam, there is some sense of having to fight and to protect yourself and to fight against people that are a threat to your culture. Uh, you know, that's where the idea of jihad comes from. It's the, it's self-defense. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's so, uh, it's such a contrast that it's disturbing to me because I think of what's going to happen in the future here. If these Europeans and Christians are so naive and these Muslims are so belligerent, I mean, they take Muhammad to an, they're, they're worse, they're much more belligerent than Muhammad was, but he did supposedly on record do things like kill organized criminals and that sort of thing. Uh, but I mean, I recommend that right now myself, so I can't exactly disagree with that. Uh, other stuff is just based on questionable reports from these Sunnis and Shiites, which don't even agree with each other, right? They have different accounts of Muhammad based on their own sect. So that shows right there that a lot of it is made up by them. But what we do know is I think that Muhammad did eliminate organized criminals in, uh, or at least try to eliminate as many as he could, as well as uh, eliminate dangerous sects, like ones that committed human sacrifice or uh, that were engaged in 
uh, similar behavior to what we see now, ironically, among some Islamists like ISIS. I mean, if Muhammad were around that right now, I think he would definitely kill ISIS. He'd kill them all. And it's the same thing with, uh, honestly, with with the Israelis, I think, because the Israelis are also involved in organized crime and, don't, and won't stop committing crimes. So I think that he would have destroyed both of them. Uh, right now, especially since, <clears throat> I mean, here's, my, my view is that the, uh, the West has softened itself and become delusional, especially since World War II, because we just see everything that Hitler did as being evil or bad. Meanwhile, uh, Hitler wasn't even close to the worst person even in that war. I mean, you had Stalin, you had Truman dropping nukes on civilians, everybody in the war was bad. It's just kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and not seeing that some degree of self-defense of your culture against foreigners or against uh, invading parasitic criminals. I mean, the main thing Hitler did was he fought organized criminals, right? Like the Jews... Hitler actually, the Nazis actually were not racist. Uh, there were, of course, uh, common race, racial or racist uh, scientific theories going on at the time. But that was the same in the U.S. And in the U.S., in fact, they were taken even more seriously for years and years after. So uh, that wasn't the issue. Uh, Hitler actually, on record, is uh, not found to have been racist against blacks, for example. Uh, but, but what he was uh, discriminatory against is organized crime. Uh, and sects or religious sects that try to take over society. So that's the reason why they persecuted the Jews is because they were an organized criminal sect. Same thing with the gypsies. Likewise, the, the Romani are also organized criminals. Uh, same thing with other sects like Freemasonry and uh, what else? The uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. It was, it was basically a crackdown on all sects and organized crime. And... Uh, I honestly don't believe a lot of the stuff that they say about the Holocaust myself. I think a lot of it's heavily exaggerated and there isn't any evidence for the numbers they give, for example. But this kind of propaganda has led us to demonize the entire idea of cracking down on organized crime or sects. Uh, so we essentially are, we have cultural aids against anything, our immune system is knocked out for getting rid of things like ISIS or like... Uh, any of these things. I mean, Scientology too, same thing. It's, it's a sect that should be illegal. Uh, or the mafia, organized crime. <clears throat> so I think that we are making a big mistake in thinking that, first of all, believing all the propaganda about Hitler and the Nazis being so terrible compared to everybody else who was at least as bad, if not worse. Uh, and also making the big mistake of thinking that the entire policy of Germany was evil because of something that supposedly happened in Germany, which doesn't make any sense at all because of the fact that the policies in the Soviet Union were not the same as they were in Germany, but they were even bigger mass murderers and policies in the U.S. weren't the same at all. And in the U.S., what, we, what, what did we do? We dropped nuclear weapons on civilians and we bombed, We held, along with the British, we killed a bunch of German civilians in Dresden. So... I think it's a bunch of political BS and that we are being manipulated by these exact same people, these sects, to soften us up and manipulate us, uh, particularly the Israelis and the Vatican, and that these people are actually, because of their own stupid evil, because they can't control themselves and their desire to enslave and dumb people down, they are eliminating whatever might have protected them from the much more dangerous foe of Islamists, and that they are actually committing suicide by getting rid of things that they consider to be right-wing extremist or, or nationalistic, that they're, getting, they're attacking anything that might crack down 
on the people who were going to specifically kill them. So that shows you the suicidal stupidity of these evil people that they are that they are tr they are actually getting rid of whatever might stop them from meeting their judgment. And that judgment is going to come here soon. I can see it happening in Israel with the West Bank and in Italy, of course. There's tons of ISIS in Italy right now. And there is, uh, I mean, and they actually have specifically as their aim to attack Israel and the Vatican. So it's bizarre, but it's just, it's the case that that's precisely the Israelis who have told us all this propaganda about the Nazis and about nationalism and so forth for so long are the people who are going to die at the hands of ISIS and that the Vatican are likewise the ones who are telling us to uh, show brotherly love or whatever to these Islamists are the exact people who are going to die at their hands. So it seems uh, in a cruel way kind of fair to me, but it's, it's still very unfortunate that it has to happen this way because it didn't have to if we just had more control over our society. Uh, but that is the overall pattern. I think that the, the cause and effect are inevitable. And if you disobey logic and nature, you get things like this. You get... You get uh, the evil eye, as I call it. And uh, <clears throat> this attack here in Sinai, I think it provokes the Egyptian government. But who knows? If the Egyptians want to get rid of these Islamists, you know, some of the Islamists even started in Egypt, uh, like uh, Qutb and uh, Rahman, Abdul Rahman. These guys, they're going to have to have like a Knight of the Long Knives type of thing like Hitler did, where he got rid of people like Ernst Röhm where they actually uh, just raid and kill people in their own government or in their own society that are part of this. That's, uh, I, that's why I think, I think that we think, oh, everything Hitler did was bad. But that's the example we have to follow to get rid of this sort of stuff, is to do things like Hitler did against organized criminals uh, in particular. And I don't think that you should take entire families and put them in concentration camps or whatever, but I think that some milder degree of that where you, uh, get rid of the men in particular that are in charge of these sects, like these rabbis and priests and so forth, or uh, these imams like uh, Anjum Chowdhury over in Britain. <clears throat> I think that those people in particular, the, the men who are in charge of the sects and the men who are in the enemy military or the organized criminal group should be treated with just as much severity, if not more, than Hitler treated his, his foes. Uh, and that that is the solution, is to crack down on all these different groups of terrorists and criminals and, and cults and to eliminate the leadership. Uh, so with the cults and sects, they should be arrested. And with these armed militias like organized crime and terrorists, because they are armed, because they are a physical threat of life or death, they should just be shot. So that I think has to happen here. And unless people decide to start uh, thinking more wisely about uh, how to get rid of these people, then this is going to continue to spread. And, you know, you have two different outcomes. You have one outcome where you stop following a delusional philosophy of being humanitarian and nice to people that are evil. And you have a second uh, outcome where uh, you don't stop uh, doing that and you uh, incur much more evil destruction. You, you incur things like, I mean, ISIS is, <sighs> ISIS makes Hitler look like, uh, I don't know what Make, makes it look like a fundraiser or something. I mean, these guys are completely out of their minds and their goal is to kill and torture in the most creative ways possible. It seems to me. So I don't know why, uh, 
there is such a lax response to them <clears throat> or why they try to they, they, they keep trying to convince us that the solution is just more surveillance of everybody instead of just they even know where these guys are yet for some reason they don't just go in and kill them but uh, maybe Russia will start doing that eventually here but they have more of a tr tradition of behaving that way but uh, I don't think that Europe is well I hope your Europeans wake up about this but there's such a there's, there's such hardcore delusionality now in Europe that, all right, well, I'll be back after the break to discuss the same thing. from the furthest reaches of space and time, across the dimensions through the elements, and in harmony with the colors of the universe. Through her mastery of abstract stream of consciousness malapropisms, she weaves a web of comic, satiric, cosmic conversation. Her subjects can range from Norman, the goose next door, to astrology and earth changes and into the deep recesses of the soul matrix. She holds a wealth of knowledge on herbs, plants, and astrology. Join Mona and her guests on Adventures of a Feral Hippie as she touches the earthly radio waves five days a week at 2 p.m. Monday to Friday on Studio B at Revolution Radio. Transcending time and space, let us take you to the place inside your mind where thoughts divide and mysteries unwind. Join us every Monday evening right here on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. And you will catch the Fenton Perspective with our great host, Lorian Fenton. Come listen in as she shares her amazing stories from the past to present, along with all of her guest secrets to the future. That's the Fenton Perspective every Monday evening right here from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Revolution Radio. Oh, and uh, you don't need to expect us. We're already here.
are we? Where do we come from? Are you curious about the origins of the human race? Join me, Gavin McCall, and a variety of guests on Ancient Humans, where we decipher world events, explore scientific theories, personal stories, myths, mysteries, and lore about the history of the human race. Hi everybody, it's me, The Fetch, host of Inside the Eye Live. Before the Sunday mainstream media political pundit talk shows, there is Inside the Eye Live, where we break down some of the weekly mainstream media talking points before the talking points even get aired. Add in some entertaining stories, weather, cats, intriguing and informative guests, and you get one of the most listened to Saturday morning streaming media political talk shows going today. And it's all right here on our flagship station, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. So join me, The Fetch, for Inside the Eye Live every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern. It is truly intelligent media for the politically aware. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome back to The True World with Matthew Deagle. I'm your host, Matthew Deagle. I'm here to discuss world events in terms of collective and uh, influences on the individual and our psychological influences that are behind our behavior, our cultural influences as well. Now, before the break, I was discussing something which is, I think, controversial, but not for good reason, because it's propaganda, which is the fact that we are looking at uh, two figures in history as being like evil or uh, barbaric, increasingly both of them, but especially one, when this is not entirely the truth, and a lot of it is distortion. Namely, uh, Muhammad is one of them, who, who I think was, uh, from the evidence, clearly a true prophet, even though the Islamic religions that are around now are heresy. And there's a marked difference between present Islamic religions and, say, traditional Islamic religions during the so-called Islamic Golden Age particularly in regard to their attitudes toward things like science and rational inquiry. Uh, and uh, they were certainly not as fanatical as now, but they were strict in terms of their adherence to the basic teachings of Muhammad. But uh, this overall tendency to me suggests actually a lot of influence from Judaism has crept into Islam. But these sects that we now consider to be the defining Islam, Sunnism and Shiism, are actually based on Judaism from descendants of that Bar Kokhba sect. Uh, in other words, just the same as the Jews in Europe, pretty much. Which I think is evidenced by things like the fact that they practice circumcision, they uh, prohibit pork, for example, that's Jewish, and they believe in all of these, uh, in things like slavery, for example, that's also a Jewish teaching. Uh, uh, there's numerous teachings that I think clearly come from Judaism and not from Mohammed. 
So Islamic sects as we know them today are not actually Muhammad, but are Jewish-influenced sects of Islam. And uh, now besides Muhammad, the other figure that I think we uh, see in a negative, in a falsely negative light is Adolf Hitler. I think that Hitler was not half as bad as we think he was and that he was on the right track, at least initially. Maybe he was influenced by people around him to go down the wrong path. But I think honestly, the evidence is pretty slim that Hitler himself was behind what we call the Holocaust and that the actual perpetrators were the Thule Society, a secret society which incidentally had a uh, direct connection with the Jews and with uh, and had several Jewish members for some reason. This was a sect that promoted things like uh, the belief in the Aryan master race and racism. Uh, they promoted things like the idea that, ironically, they promoted anti-Semitism as well, which is something that you also see, see the Jews often doing because they believe that if there's anti-Semitism, it causes Jews to get together and to want to migrate somewhere else like the Holy Land of Israel. So uh, <coughs> this isn't a conspiracy theory either. I mean, the, the key perpetrators in the, the number one person in charge of the Holocaust was Heinrich Himmler, who was a member of the Thule Society. And as I said, the Thule Society itself was connected with Jews and had a connection to uh, their criminal network uh, through actual Jewish members of this organization. Uh, not least the one who supposedly taught Hitler his hypnotic speech techniques, uh, Hermann Steinschneider, who was a descendant of Orthodox rabbis. So I think this is something that uh, we're overlooking here is that a typical sect, for some reason, Hitler banned all the other sects. I mean, this would, here, you have to realize that uh, a lot of Masonic and occult organizations, a lot of Freemasonry operates as a front for Judaism or for Jewish uh, criminal activities and Jewish brainwashing cults and that sort of thing. A lot of cults actually in general have a large disproportionate number of Jews in them. And that this is something which they just do as part of their culture is take over fringe cults and, uh, and sects, like Scientology, for example, has a lot of Jews in it, and use them to further their overall aims. So this is what was going on with the Thule Society, which was founded by a Freemason and was uh, essentially a Masonic organization. Why it is that Thule was able to continue while Hitler banned Freemasonry, I don't know, but Himmler and Hess both belonged to Thule and were high up in Hitler's government. Hitler himself never joined it, but I think that that's the actual perpetrator behind whatever happened uh, in those concentration camps, uh, which I think is greatly exaggerated, but I think it was in fact uh, yet another Jewish-connected Masonic organization, similar to the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry here in the U.S., and that these... Uh, you know, I, I, I myself, have, I've seen outside the Scottish Rite myself, uh, guys in yarmulkes talking on cell phones and, you know, people who are in fully conservative Jewish attire uh, right there at the Scottish Rite. So I don't think it's a conspiracy theory that the, that the Freemasons operate as a front for Judaism. Uh, I don't think they maybe, maybe they weren't originally, but maybe uh, back when Mozart was in it, it wasn't the same thing. But at least in the U.S. and England, I think that there is a, a strong connection between Zionism, the Jews, and Freemasonry. And I think that connection was there with Thule Society as well. That it was a uh, front for Judaism. 
uh, ironically enough, because they were behind the Holocaust. But I think that it's uh, this is not beyond these people because they will do anything for power and they will do anything to maintain more fear and control over their slaves and their sect. Uh, and keep in mind, they started out as a sect as well. The, the Jews, as they call themselves now, did not start out as the entire population of ancient Israel or Canaan or Egypt. They were just an extremist sect that were kicked out of Judea by the Roman emperor. So they were a cult from the beginning, and that's what they actually are. They, never, they, they were never the religion of Abraham or whatever they claimed to be. They were just an extremist delusional sect similar to ISIS or Al-Qaeda or the Taliban, which developed out of it. This is something else I think we have to, to look at with Muhammad is, I mean, these sects like uh, that I was just discussing, they are to Muhammad what neo-Nazis in the U.S. are to Hitler. So I don't think Hitler would, for example, condone the Aryan Brotherhood who are a gang, right? They're actually organized criminals themselves. I think, honestly, Hitler would uh, put them in concentration camps. Yet for some reason, these people think that they are Nazis when they are uh, engaging in organized crime and drug smuggling and stuff like that. So those people are the same thing to, to Hitler and to the actual Nazis that the uh, that these ISIS guys are and uh, and even Saudi Arabia are to Muhammad. <clears throat> I mean, if they were around back when Muhammad was alive, then he would probably uh, have them all killed. At least the Saudis, he definitely would. Uh, ISIS and the Taliban, I think the same thing. I think that they would all be on his hit list. And for some reason, we look at them, instead of looking at what Muhammad actually historically did, which is uh, eliminate people just like that, uh, which is which is curious, but uh, but I also think that there's a big difference between Muhammad's actual teachings and religion and the uh, Islam as we know it today, because Islam as we know it today is heavily influenced by Judaism. Uh, several Jewish tribes in Saudi Arabia converted to Islam, and uh, and in Iraq even more did, who had been members of the Bar Kokhba sect. So when they converted, they uh, transferred their delusional teachings into Islam. And I think that the actual sect of Islam persisted as an underground type of movement as things like Sufism to a degree, and also as things like what eventually became the Kabbalah in Europe, which I do not think had anything to do with Judaism originally. I think originally the Kabbalah and all that mysticism that was incorporated into Judaism uh, began as a sect of Islam in Spain, when Spain was controlled by Muslims. And that that's the actual Islam as a kind of um, mystical and logical teaching, uh, whereas the Judaism, of course, corrupted the Kabbalah and made it into a bunch of uh, whatever they always do. They make things into commands to enslave the goyim, etc. Whereas the uh, Catholic Church also invented their own Christian Kabbalah, which is also falsified. But the original... Even the terms, I think, come straight from Islam, like the term Zohar, which the first book of the Kabbalah is supposed to be named after. It came out of nowhere and was written by a guy named Moshe de Leon, a Jew. But I don't think it just came out of nowhere. I think he actually just ripped off all of the information from uh, Muslim Sufis. <clears throat> I think that Sufism is actually where the Kabbalah and all of this came from. And then at one time there were a lot of Sufis, or whatever you want to call them, uh, mystical Muslims in Europe, which were referred to as Egyptians or gypsies, and that these were the original gypsies 
And that later on, these what we call gypsies now came from India, uh, who were criminal uh, Dalits from India, or untouchables from India, and that they adopted and ripped off the culture of these Egyptians, as they call themselves. Probably actually from Egypt, I think. But it's definitely something to consider here, because these uh, Sunni extremists attacked this Sufi mosque, and then Sufism is pretty much the only sect of Islam that maintains any of the actual perspective of Muhammad. The rest of them are all heretics. So it's ironic, they attack Sufis when Sufis are mystical and uh, spiritual people, and then these, these other guys are totally without any spirituality. They're just a bunch of fanatics and materialists. So uh, they're the heretics. You know, the Sufis may have some heresy in their religion, of course. All these different sects do, like Buddhists as well, even like the Theravada Buddhists over in the southeast uh, of Asia have some pretty silly practices as well. But uh, in comparison to like ISIS, I think that the Sufis are, or in comparison to Sunnism and mainstream Sunnism and Shiism in general, the Sufis are a lot more spiritual. And it was precisely then that they attacked here in Sinai. Which uh, now in Europe, I think a lot of these uh, Sufis were forced to identify as uh, something else, like Christians, uh, or were incorporated into Judaism somehow by force as well. But they that is, but Judaism is clearly not the origin of these teachings, because as I said, for example, the word Zohar is just a Hebrew translation or an Aramaic translation of the Arabic word Zahir, which means the light of God. So it's it's clearly based on. Uh, Islam. It's clearly Sufi, and it is not uh, from Judaism. Uh, Judaism itself, I mean, I don't think it ever created anything, honestly. The Jews, just like the gypsies, uh, the Romani gypsies, pretty much stole all of their culture from other people everywhere they went. Uh, what we call Jewish culture and religion, they started out stealing the Egyptian culture and, and the religion of Canaan. Then they went on and stole the uh, Eastern European and German culture. So uh, I think it's the same thing with these Sufis. The Kabbalah is just the Jews stealing yet more, stealing the Sufi teachings. And that they that's all they ever did. Uh, Romani, same thing. These gypsies also just stole the culture of these actual Egyptian Sufis who came from Iberia or something. Uh, that's what this sort of people always do. And that's something else I've mentioned before in my program is that these sort of people, these criminal cultures or gang cultures, uh, cultures of kind of uncreative, uh, loosely banded criminals that just kind of go around and travel from place to place and parasite on other, on other cultures and civilizations and steal their, steal their culture and teachings and uh, pretend to be some kind of chosen people or whatever. This is not just the Jews. There's also others who do the same thing. But it's certainly, the Jews are definitely one of them. I mean, they're totally inauthentic. Everything about Judaism is stolen from somebody else. And the entire culture is a ripoff. So uh, they, they have no legitimacy at all. I mean, like I said, Israel, they also rewrote the Torah. Their version of the Torah, which, is, which shows up in the Christian Bible, is not the original one. Uh, and rewrites a lot of facts to make it seem like uh, King David wasn't an Egyptian when he actually was. And the entire region was always in ancient Egypt. So this is another level on which the Christian religion is false, is that it's partly based on Judaism as well. Kind of curious to note that actually not just Islam with its teachings about pork and so forth and circumcision coming from Judaism, 
but also Christianity. The Old Testament is based on the falsified Jewish Torah and not on the original one. So that, that suggests that Judaism somehow negatively influenced both Christianity and Islam to become what they are now. Uh, and, and I think that the Jews are essentially in a situation where they are uh, going to be held accountable for this kind of negative behavior, this pretending to be some kind of people that they are not, this stealing of other people's culture, this corruption of teaching and religion, promotion of heresy and lies, materialism, uh, thievery, all this stuff I think is going to come back at them very hard. And that's exactly what's going on now with uh, the development of whatever you want to call it, Islamistan over in Pakistan, is that these guys are turning into an Islamic USSR and are on the way to wiping out the Israelis uh, once and for all. So I would not recommend settling in that region. <laughs> I would not recommend being anywhere in Israel or Palestine. But like I said, it's, it's pretty much just what they deserve. And uh, we think about the, the Jews in Germany and so forth as being just victims. And it was, of course, unjust to deport the entire families and to think about trying to preserve their culture by deporting them. That also made no sense because it's not even a, it's just a sect. But the uh, fact is that every, everything that's happened to them, though, throughout the ages has been a natural consequence of their own behavior. And the same thing which is going to happen here because they always are doing this. And the, the only thing special about the Jews is that they're especially wrapped up in all of this organized crime and falsifying the teachings of the prophets. There's nothing particularly good that's, or, or especially good about the Jews. Uh, they're essentially just a secession from Egypt that pretends to be something other than Egyptian because it wants to have power and wants to pretend that it's God, whatever the hell it thinks it is. But I have, I have no respect for it. I think Israel is, is, is a big fraud from the very beginning. And that this is a big mistake a lot of people make. They think that, they're, that we're in the Judeo-Christian world. Well, guess what? I mean, if we're in the Judeo-Christian world, then the Muslims are in the Judeo-Muslim world because it's the same thing. I mean, their religions are also falsified by Judaism, and they are also connected with criminal Jews. So I don't see the the idea that there's a Judeo-Christian world going against the judeo against the Muslim world because the Jews have been working with the worst Muslims all along. They've been helping with the Barbary pirates, slaves, and slavery. They've been pirates themselves. Uh, and they have been, and they're also involved in selling the opium being produced by Afghanistan right now. So uh, that whole Judeo-Christian thing is a lie. Uh, I mean, the fact is there is such thing as Judeo-Christianity and judeo Islam, because both religions are falsified by the introduction of Jewish teachings. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's, not, it's nothing good. It's not good to be Judeo anything, because Judaism is bad. Uh, it's a negative influence, even on its own supposed people. But uh, yeah, that whole thing is nonsense. I think we have to have a revisit and a review of things like uh, Hitler and Muhammad and see what they were really all about and, and not uh, believe, not judge them based on their supposed successors who are not really their successors at all. I mean, the Aryan Brotherhood, like I said, are criminals. Hitler would have hated them. Uh, and these these other guys are criminals too, like in Afghanistan. Uh, Saudi, Arabia, Saudi Arabia are just a bunch of hypocrites. and I'm sure Muhammad wouldn't have liked them either. So 
that's we're judging uh, we're making a big false judgment here because the good things that we know that Hitler and Muhammad did are things that we should do now in order to protect ourselves from the collapse of civilization in order to prevent our demise as a society we have to think about doing the things that we know they did that were good uh, and we have to not be such a not be just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as I said, because uh, I don't see any example for that. In, for example, the Catholic Church, I see the Catholic Church going after supposed heretics and other sects and trying to maintain power. But as far as I can tell, the Catholic Church never made an effort to get rid of organized crime. In fact, they worked with organized crime and still do. Of course, Judaism pretty much is organized crime. Uh, but I do see that with Muhammad. And the same thing, I don't see the U.S. doing anything to get rid of organized crime. I see the USA as having been run by mobsters for a long time, one after another, like JFK was in the Irish mob, uh, worked with the Sicilian mafia. Harry S. Truman was also brought to power by the Irish mob uh, in Kansas City. And then what else? I mean, you have these, uh, these mobsters even to this day over in Afghanistan making money on heroin. So the USA and Christianity and Israel are no good example for getting rid of organized crime or terrorism. Whereas uh, the things they demonize, like Muhammad and Hitler, actually are a good example for getting rid of organized crime. And we uh, are so arrogant, we don't look at the, at the good, we just look at whatever slanders we can come up with to make it seem like we, we were heroes in World War II or to make it seem like the Christian world is somehow civilized against the uncivilized Muslim world, when in reality it's in some ways the other way around, and in other ways it's just entirely to do with the evolutionary level of the peoples involved. Because on average, you know, countries in uh, the Middle East are, for some reason or other, now more primitive than they used to be, strangely, but. I think it's also to do with some of their other false teachings from Judaism. Like something else you do is they believe in cousin marriage and inbreeding. And uh, that's something else that mysteriously Sunnis and Shiites also do en masse, is they marry their own cousins and they de degenerate as a result. They damage their own genes. So I think that's another teaching from Judaism. I think honestly almost everything bad in Islam cannot be traced to Muhammad, but to Judaism. So we're looking at the wrong culprit here if we slander Muhammad. We're looking at a guy who killed organized criminals and who created order where there was total chaos in, in Arabian society and created a, an empire, essentially. He was like a Roman emperor. And then we look, we're look we looking at him as being bad when all these teachings that make Muslims bad, I think, can be clearly traced to Judaism. I mean, what, what are the chances they would just accidentally believe in circumcision and prohibiting pork? Uh, and then cousin marriage, same thing. There, I, I found an article by a rabbi recently where he recommends cousin marriage. He said that it's not allowed if it's against the local laws, but that it's still considered to be, it's still praised by the Talmud. So all these things, I mean, I don't even think these people are really uh, very good Muslims. I think they are uh, half Jews and that that's the problem. And the problem with these countries like Saudi Arabia and the religions of Sunnism and Shiism is that they are not pure Islam or the teaching of Muhammad. They are not like, uh, but they are heavily influenced by Judaism. And that Judaism is the actual source 
of the heresy in both Islam and Christianity to a large degree. Other than that, I mean, I, I, I see there's like Mithraism it has a strong influence on Christianity and uh, maybe some other pagan cults, but for the most part, it's Judaism. And then over in the Middle East, it's the same thing. It's, it's Judaism. And so these, uh, we're thinking of these guys as being Muslims and representations of Muhammad when all of these major sects now in the Middle East, Sunni or Shiite, behave just like Jews and have a strong or at least they have a lot of Jewish influence. I wouldn't say they're quite as bad as the Jews on average, but they are heavily influenced by Judaism. So there are groups inside them who behave just like the Jews, like the Saudis, or the criminals in the, in, in, in the Bear Bear Society in North Africa, or the Pashtuns, all of whom behave very similar to the Jews. <laughs> and I think that... Uh, you know, the whole idea of whatever Islamophobia or anti-Semitism or whatever, it's all nonsense because I'm universally against any organized crime or false religion or sect. Uh, and it, it just happens that Judaism is both, both of those things, as is uh, this stuff going on in Afghanistan and as is the stuff going on in Italy. It's all the same thing. So it's not a matter of discriminating against one of the other culture or discriminating against one of the other people. It's just the fact that they're degenerate and evil. That's it. It's not a matter of them being uh, whatever they claim to be. It's just that they are trash and they are harmful to society. So that something has to be done about them. Uh, the same thing with these North Africans. I mean, if it were Islam alone in general, then you would expect that the majority of these rapists and so forth and criminals in Sweden and Germany and so forth would not be as they are North African. It's to the point where they have a, de a designation for them called Nafri, or North African Descended Criminal, uh, because North Africans are so commonly the ones doing it, uh, meaning people from like Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya. And the reason why is because they come from a culture with a heavy amount of mafia-type activity, with traditional organized crime. I mean, Tunisia, you'll notice, is like what? Like 100 miles from Sicily? So <laughs> it's... Uh, it's, it's directly connected with the mob itself, with the mafia. Uh, the Jews, the exact same thing. They come from the same culture of Mediterranean pirates, uh, the so-called Punics. Yeah, it's, that's the problem here, right? It's not about... <clears throat> I think the religions themselves were good at one time, but that the... Whatever these people are, these, these Habiru, which I've discussed on previous programs, which include the Jews and the North Africans and Sicilians have corrupted all of these religions, whether it's Islam or Christianity or whatever, with their teachings. And naturally, as a result, of course, one of the most corrupt of all is Judaism. But uh, comparable to that, I think, is the Pashtun Wali of the Pashtuns. Uh, so that these people, whatever they are, these ancient organized criminals, are the biggest problem uh, for all of us because they are involved in all of this criminal stuff, all of this, this terrorism, all of this false religion, and we somehow let them get away with it. But it doesn't matter which version they are. It doesn't matter if they call themselves Jews or Bear Bears or Sicilians or Pashtuns. They're all the same thing. Uh, in fact, they all come from the same ancestors. So uh, I don't have any respect for Israel, and I don't think anybody should. I think that it's, it's an evil country, and it's full of criminals. The same thing with Afghanistan. I think these countries shouldn't even really exist as independent countries. 
I mean, why it is Sicily is so independent from Italy, I don't know either, but it isn't even a separate country. For some reason, it can do whatever it wants. Uh, and of course, the Catholic Church looks the other way as well. So it's it, these religions and these organized criminals are all the same thing, in my view. They're all you can compare it all to, to the Jews. It's the same sort of thing the Jews do, where they have a fake religion that covers up their criminal activities that, and, and convinces the uh, more naive Jews to go along with it. They have a fake identity which justifies their criminal activity and conquests. It's the same thing with all the other ones. They're all inauthentic. And they're all basically the same nature. Which means they are all habiru in the traditional sense, or marauding nomadic criminals that have no actual homeland, and just go around robbing other people in, in every sense, you know, stealing their culture, stealing their traditions, stealing their money. There's just nothing good about these people. So the idea that we should uh, support Israel and that that's going to somehow protect us against terrorists is totally insane because the Israelis are a hub for all the criminal activity which is helping refugees get into Europe right now. The Israelis are partially behind this along with other criminals like the Sicilians. So they are in no way helpful to the war on terror and should be destroyed as a, as a government. They should be attacked by a foreign military because they harbor terrorists and organized criminals, because they are uh, a cancer on the rest of the world's peace because of this kind of criminal activity. Just like Afghanistan or uh, or any of these other ones. So I think we are having a double standard on Israel for some reason. We think that Israel is somehow, we just buy their propaganda. We think Israel is a democracy, uh, whatever the hell that is. I mean, what it, what it really is, is a place, look, anywhere the Jews go, just look anywhere the Jews have gone in history, period. Since they were created with the Bar Kokhba revolution, these so-called, so-called Jews, who were actually just a, an extreme lunatic criminal sect of the ancient religion of Israel are everywhere. They they create a hierarchy between extremely rich and extremely poor people, like for instance in Poland. In Poland they had tons of slaves, they abused people, sex slaves and prostitutes, etc. Uh, they were notorious for working people to death and paying them nothing, literally slaves. Uh, they did the same thing now in Israel, because this is what they do anywhere. You look at Gaza, it's a bunch of impoverished people and criminals, just like Poland used to be back in the Middle Ages when the Jews were in control of Poland. Same thing with uh, the West Bank, where they have their illegal settlements that the mafia, uh, the Jewish mob, is directly involved in, uh, helping them to seize land from Palestinians so that they can uh, so they can build illegal construction pro projects, basically, just like the mafia does anywhere. So anybody who supports Israel, in my opinion, has to be an idiot. It doesn't matter if they're whatever, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, because Israel is like, it's just something that shouldn't exist. You know, it's like giving a country, to, it's like turning Sicily into a country. There's just so much criminal activity there. And there's nothing to be patriotic about. It's just a bunch of lies. I mean, it never existed as a country historically either. So I wonder why it is that the U.S. is so pro-Israel, why they tell us so much propaganda 
against anybody who gets in the way of Israel, like all Muslims and uh, and all Germans. I mean, this is, it's not just the Nazis. They slander Germans and German culture in general. While they uh, tolerate and they love these evil, these, these despicable criminal activity-involved Jews, these... Uh, the scum of the earth, really, is what these people are. Along with the, the Sicilian Mafia, the Irish mob, North African pirates, or uh, whatever you want to call them, the North African gangs, and the Pashtuns, these people are all the absolute scum of the earth. Like, there's hardly anything worse, more criminal, than the Israelis. And yet, for some reason, the U.S. supports them, U.S. considers them to be a big ally, and they and then the other criminals they support. They support the Irish mob. They've had Irish mob presidents in the U.S. They built up Afghanistan into an opium factory. They uh, they also, for some reason, the U.S. has a its longest period of peace with any country is based on a treaty they made with the Barbary pirates in Morocco. Believe it or not, before the Barbary Wars. The U.S. has never gone to war with Morocco and has maintained an alliance with Morocco since the very beginning. And Morocco is yet another place where these North African pirates and criminals have their nest. So there's something very wrong with the USA, first of all. I don't know why, but for some reason, like I discussed on my last program, okay? For some reason or other, the average American, the largest ethnicity in the U.S., are Germans. But there have only been three German presidents so far. There's been Herbert Hoover, Dwight Eisenhower, and Donald Trump. Other than that, it's been like all, uh, all sorts of other things associated with the Irish mob and the Jews, especially. Uh, there have been 22 Irish presidents, at least 21. If you include Obama, it's 22. There have been, and the Irish mob then are connected with the Jews through things like uh, their criminal syndicate and Freemasonry as well. Like James Buchanan, for example, was a master Freemason, and he was also uh, very connected with the Jews, besides being an Irish mobster himself. Same thing with JFK, also Irish mob connected with the Sicilian Mafia, and he was actually killed by the Sicilian Mafia while he was president at the behest of the Jewish Mafia, or the Jewish mob. So the USA, there's something very wrong with this country. The fact that there's so much criminal activity that for some reason we're supposed to have representation of the average person here, but there have been so few Germans in office and so many Irish and so many people who are connected with the Jews, that there have been so many uh, criminals in office as well, so many criminal presidents, it's just crazy. And that there's been this connection with criminals from the very beginning. I'm very skeptical about however, whoever's running this country, the East Coast establishment, whatever they are, uh, this country is so full of crime, it almost rivals Israel itself, uh, because it goes up to the federal level. CIA, FBI, uh, just full of this stuff. And I think that is the number one problem on this whole planet, is two things that the USA is infested with for some reason, which is fake cults and religions that we just tolerate, like Scientology and the Roman Catholic Church and Judaism and so forth. And we also are full of organized crime. Meanwhile, our modern secular devil, Adolf Hitler, was dead against both of those things, against organized criminals and against crazy sects. 
Now, who is who's currently in the process of destroying our present civilization but organized criminals and crazy sects? They're actually uh, behind most of the terrorism or include all of them if you define it as organized crime. Uh, organized criminals are... The mafia is literally bringing terrorists into Europe right now. Uh, I've mentioned this many times, but it's, it's not just some crazy theory. Everything I say on this show, I can back up with mainstream and reputable sources. So I don't get into stuff that's, spec that, that's too speculative. Uh, any speculation I do is based on known facts that you can look up yourself. So this is not some speculation. I'm not speculating that the mafia is running refugee camps in Italy. They are running refugee camps. That is not a speculation. And the in general, it's always these same two things that are behind our self-destruction as a society. Fake religions of one kind or other, which in which I also include things like feminism and so forth and the uh, gay rights movement, all that stuff I think is also fake religion and distortions of the truth and distortions of scientific facts. But uh, these traditional fake religions too, like Judaism and all the things it's influenced, like Islam and Christianity, I think is also a dangerous cult. And I think that the other thing is organized crime in any form. So gangsters of any kind, uh, mafia of any kind, and really any kind of criminal activity, which is an organized militia, should be uh, dealt with by the military as an enemy force, and every single member should be shot until they surrender as an organization to arrest. Uh, if that happened, all this stuff would end. Terrorism would end, uh, the unnecessary wars would end, uh, everything that currently plagues us. The threat of World War III would go away as well, because most of it is based on things that are happening with these criminals. If, uh, instead of doing what we're doing right now, which is letting organized criminals dictate our policy in our think tanks, if instead we got together with Russia, for example, and went after all terrorists and organized criminals everywhere, uh, then there, the threat of World War III would end if we just did what the UN is supposed to do. But because that is not being done, I think the threat of World War III is very, very high right now and will climax and probably therefore happen in about 2037 to 2041. Uh, at the earliest, it'll happen in 2028, but at the latest, it'll happen in 2041. So uh, if we don't stop what we're doing right now, if we don't go after these organized criminals and get rid of terrorists and organized criminals uh, and, and the fake religions as well in general, then we are going to be destroyed, <laughs> physically destroyed by World War III. We're going to actually experience uh, a nuclear war between Russia and the USA and Europe, probably. And I think the reason why is because one of the elements here that's allowing China to expand its own attempts at world domination is their association with the criminals in Afghanistan and Pakistan. And uh, the US tolerates that and even encourages it because it's supposedly a buffer against Russia, like Russia is such a threat. What's the threat about Russia, though? Is it that Russia is not as friendly to organized criminals? I don't know. Probably. I mean, that's basically how the U.S. works, in my view of the situation. I think the USA is run by the CIA, and that the CIA is run by organized criminals. So I don't think that the USA is a legitimate country anymore. It's just, it's not, it's not even our government anymore. It's just the CIA running things behind the scenes 
and then even trying to attack and to depose anybody we actually elect, like Trump. Uh, the CIA is behind all of that, all that propaganda about Russian interference in the election and Trump being a Russian agent and all that BS. That's all the CIA. The CIA, in turn, is connected with the Israelis, Irish mob, Sicilians, and is working with the Pashtun Mafia in Afghanistan and turning a blind eye to the fact that they're growing drugs. So I think that the U.S. is essentially already pretty much at a terminal stage of the illness of organized crime. And unless something is done to eliminate all these criminal groups, whether it's the Jews, the, the Sicilians, the Irish, uh, whatever, any of these different mobs, right? The Jewish mob, Irish mob, Sicilian mafia, uh, Pashtuns as well, same thing from Afghanistan. If they're not eliminated, uh, if the Saudis themselves, I mean, we're working with the Saudis right now to help one mobster have other mobsters arrested and tortured. Uh, our private contractor was there, Constellus, torturing them themselves, supposedly. They, they deny it, but I think it's quite plausible myself, given other things they've done. They were in Crimea in 2014, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're over there in Saudi Arabia right now. Uh, I assume they are also trying to start a war with Lebanon on behalf of Israel, uh, who are likewise organized criminals. Honestly, the solution to all these organized criminals, whether it's no matter what race, nationality, or religion, that's not the issue at all, is that they're criminals and that all of them, I will repeat again, all of them should be shot until the organization surrenders as a military, as a whole. <laughs> until their mob bosses or whatever hand over their surrender, their terms of surrender, and are actually just uh, arrested. But until then, trying to deal with these people, these armed mafias, as some kind of, on the same level as like a traffic violation or a shoplifter, is totally insane. It's not going to work. Uh, same with terrorists. You have to deal with them as a military force. But we're not going to do that so long as organized criminals dictate our policy. Because they benefit from all of this. They look, the Israelis, right, the Israelis are so full of this evil themselves, so degenerate, that they could well be, in the long run, the most threatened by these terrorists in the entire region. And yet they are looking the other way and turning a blind eye to Israeli criminals who are helping to smuggle drugs from these exact same people and, and oil from ISIS. Uh, because that's just their culture. They just, they look the other way to crime and it's eventually going to cost them their lives. Uh, same thing with Italy. Like the, the Vatican looks the other way as the mafia imports refugees. The mafia uh, shouldn't even exist to begin with, let alone be tolerated by the Catholic Church. But... Uh, the consequence of tolerating organized crime is that these terrorists are now in Italy and will eventually be killing the Catholics themselves, just as they've already done a couple of times in France, for example. So I don't know what to say. I mean, it's it's sad, but it's, it's just so stupid. It's like they deserve it. Uh, it's the, pro the problem is that they bring other people with them. Because if, if it were just these uh, organized criminals and these priests and rabbis who died, I honestly wouldn't care. I think they deserve it entirely. 
but that they are threatening the lives of other innocent people alongside them as collateral. That's why they should be stopped. But otherwise, this is just them bringing their own judgment upon themselves with their stupid behavior, as they've been doing for ages now. I really don't don't know what to do about them unless we organize as some kind of actual United Nations. And I mean, that's something else they're always propagandizing about is the terrible threat, supposedly, of a world government. Like it would be so bad if there were a single military that could take, that could get rid of any terrorist or criminal anywhere. It's also Jewish propaganda, okay? The, the New World Order has nothing to do with a world government or world military. It's just the US and the EU joining forces against Russia. So this totalitarian 666 stuff has nothing to do with an actual world government because it excludes Russia. A world government would be like the United Nations as a peacekeeping military uniting the US and Russia and NATO, in other words, NATO and Russia together against all terrorists and organized criminals everywhere. So that would be good, right? It wouldn't be bad. And it wouldn't necessarily have to be a totalitarian system of surveillance like they're building in the US and EU right now. It would just have to be severe against organized criminals. But uh, no, instead what they're doing is they're building a system of mass surveillance on all of us and looking through all of our emails and collecting our metadata, you know, and spying on us through our cameras, etc. Like, that's all great. Like, we're all free because we live in the worst totalitarian dictatorship of all time now. It's run by criminals. But, uh, so don't believe this stuff about world government or globalism. Uh, those are just code words for Americanism or for whatever you want to call it. The European Union and the U.S. trying to create a global United States, which is not globalist, right? It's just expansion of the U.S. empire. Uh, if it were actually a fair international military then it would be like NATO, but on a larger scale. It would be like NATO, but include Russia. So that when somebody tried to, you know, like for instance, these Pashtun criminals over here, if it were doing its job, then the United Nations would already have invaded Afghanistan before the U.S. even did because of the criminal activity there. Uh, but what happened instead is the U.S. invaded Afghanistan and wasted tons of resources doing so because in the end, the CIA just allowed these criminals to take over, which has the same effect in the long run as otherwise. Same thing with Iraq. Iraq, we allowed criminals to take over again. We didn't eliminate them. Uh, at least in part of Iraq, maybe not the entire thing, but, you know, ISIS. So the problem is, in fact, the lack of an effective, real global NATO or a United Nations military, which could do these things according to strict laws against organized crime. I'm not talking about oh, going in and taking your guns or whatever. You want to talk about who wants to do that? The, the EU wants to do that. And the think tanks in the USA want to take away your guns, okay? Uh, there's no reason why the United Nations would ever do that. What the United Nations would actually do if it did its job. The United Nations doesn't even do its job, okay? So it's totally ineffective. What, what does it do right now? It just looks the other way as Buddhist terrorists kill random Muslim civilians in Burma. Uh, it tells them to, it urges them not to do it. It doesn't actually threaten them, it just urges them. Uh, the United Nations is pretty ineffective overall. And I think people don't have to be afraid of the UN so much as afraid of their incompetence and corruption. Uh, I think people should be afraid of the fact that the USA and Russia are not forming some kind of large, or not, I mean, honestly, at this point, NATO is, is outdated in terms of a defense against Russia. 
and it should include Russia and be a defense against China and Pakistan instead. But <laughs> I think so. I'm not saying that China is our enemy necessarily, but that Pakistan and China are both going in very dangerous tendencies. And the USA is looking the other way. Uh, the biggest threat, though, honestly, to world security and peace is all these criminals, whether it's the Israelis or the Pashtuns in Afghanistan and Pakistan, or any of them. Uh, and that's what the UN should be all about. The United Nations should be all about eliminating all organized criminals, all terrorists, uh, anywhere, and in a neutral fashion. The idea is to be neutral, right? The UN should be like Switzerland, that is politically neutral, but having the ability to deploy force neutrally and without bias against any organized criminals. And I mean, and I mean like full uh, Hitler-style force against them, like going in and shooting these criminals before they can commit a terror attack, before they can s smuggle more drugs, going in and uh, spraying or burning the fields in Afghanistan, I think, as well. These opium fields should be destroyed physically by an external military. Uh, all this stuff should be destroyed, physically destroyed, and the criminals involved should be shot. That would end it all. But the United Nations is not going to do that right now because they believe in humanitarianism instead, or whatever the hell that means. They think that, this, that if we took out the drugs in Afghanistan that supply mass murder and terrorism, then that would be harmful to the income of the average Afghan farmer. They're more concerned about that than about the effect of money going to terrorism. Uh, so they're thinking with their head up their arse, but the, uh, the Russians are a little bit more reasonable, I think, but it's going to take them a while before they can start doing something effective about these people. The Russians aren't perfect, but they're a lot better than the United Nations right now in terms of their, their attitude toward these people. That what they do when they see ISIS attacking Russia with terrorists is they just start bombing them and killing them. They don't, uh, try to negotiate with them. They don't try to, uh, they don't try to give more humanitarian aid to the people in the regions or something like that. I mean, if any humanitarian aid ever goes to Afghanistan, it should come after the mafia have been taken out first. And any other aid is going to go into their economy and into supporting the mafia. And the biggest problem, though, the USA with Israel... Israel is the same thing, run by criminals, and the USA thinks of them and helps spread propaganda about them being our closest ally and our greatest friends and a beacon of democracy in the Middle East and so forth. I just, what are you going to do about that? I mean, I see videos even recently of people talking about how the Israelis are our greatest ally in the entire world, the Israelis. Meanwhile, the Israelis killed the president. Okay, they literally killed JFK. Now, he was a pretty bad president. He was in the Irish mob, but still, he was killed by the Israelis. So they killed our president. And we're supposed to be our, they're supposed to be our greatest ally, despite having killed uh, our highest official. So <laughs> I don't think that that's an accurate view of Israel. I think Israel's is just a, uh, a, a cesspool of criminality, and that's it. So I think we should, at some point, break off any kind of aid to Israel and any kind of uh, ties with Israel and leave them on their own. And it's the same thing with any, any civilized country, 
Russia, the U.S., Europe, anybody, should break off all ties with any country like Israel or Tunisia, Afghanistan, uh, etc. Organized criminals are the enemy of all civilizations. doesn't matter what propaganda they have behind them. So nobody should support Israel. Nobody should support Afghanistan. That government should be totally cut off. There should be no aid going to Pakistan either because of the influence of the Afghanistan mafia in Pakistan. There should be no aid of any kind going to Israel or Pakistan or Afghanistan. Uh, maybe Iraq because they try to fight against ISIS. But these other countries, it's just a, there's more costs than benefits. Uh, so I don't know what to say. I mean, people are still brainwashed about the Israelis. They still think the Israelis are somehow democratic. They're actually mobocratic, you know, run by the mafia. But uh, uh, this, this is all manifestations of what I've been talking about, though, on a more psychological level, that we have abandoned the truth, right? So true love and the truth are the same thing. They're both the creation or God. And if we abandon one or the other, we're abandoning both. So if you abandon, if you abandon the truth, you're also abandoning true love and vice versa. So as our society delves more into what promiscuity and homosexuality and things like that, it's a represent it's representative of our betrayal of the truth, our avoidance of reality. Uh, and of course, when we're in that state of mind, that mendacious state of mind where the truth doesn't matter, things like the truth about the Israelis don't matter either. It's just, they, they just are victims and that's it. Uh, or, or even these terrorists, you know, people see these refugees as all victims, even though some of them are terrorists with plans to kill random civilians in your own country. And, uh, and a lot of them are gangsters as well. Even more of them are gangsters. I'd say for every one terrorist from North Africa, there's like 10 gangsters, maybe more. And that's the thing they're also overlooking, I mean. People tolerate crime so much now, they want to legalize crime in some cases. They want to eliminate the crime to begin with as even a crime, like prostitution, for example. It's, it's very stupid. Anybody who follows that path is just going to see a growth in the corruption of society and therefore an increased threat to the destruction of society, an increased threat of the destruction of your society, either politically or even physically, the more that you tolerate things like prostitution and uh, sexual perversion and uh, being supposedly independent and having no connection to anybody else, uh, all that stuff contributes to this, along with every other kind of crime. I mean, it's, it's pretty much a Pandora's box. You let in one crime and everything else comes with it. So you have to go against all of it and against all organized criminals. Because every single time these terrorists are coming with, or being funded by, or involved in organized crime. Every single time, every single case that there's even a country with a high presence of fanatical criminal terrorists, there's other kinds of criminals too, like, like mobster type criminals and drug dealers. Every single time, like in Afghanistan, Iraq, Israel, there's always 
or North Africa, all across North Africa, there's always the same thing alongside any of these extremist Islamist groups is, or against the extremist Jewish groups as well, is uh, just mainstream, I guess you could say, the standard organized crime of things like prostitution and drugs. So it has to be fought as a whole as crime and not just as even just terrorism or even just, uh, certainly not just some religion. I mean, that's idiotic. The Catholic Church is just as criminal as any of these Muslims. But, and, and the Judaism is even more. Judaism is, all right, well, I'll be back next week at, uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Discuss more of this stuff then. Cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. The guy is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not. The heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever exist. That is near insanity. And do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. Listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener supported radio. Reporting to danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio. safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? 
Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, 